0: It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.
1: You know, Joe, as we like to call her around here. Amber and Ian, we have the real Joe, the right Joe. Not like Carlin versus Joe, who has that Joe Fortenbaugh guy who's a betting expert. We have eight year old Johanna Steele. The better she catapulted Joe. us above all the other radio shows and she won us Ian the ESPN radio pick 'em challenge for the postseason.
2: We started out five and one. We hit a ditch in the uh, divisional round going one and three, and then we brought in uh, we went to the bullpen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and brought in the ringer, the better Joe, and uh, she went 3-0. and uh, need, need we say more? She needs her own segment on ESPN bet for every big game. Uh, you know, NCAA Final Four, uh, even go back to the Sweet 16, uh, and NBA Finals, Stanley Cup Finals, uh, bring in Joe, meaning our Joe, not Ford and Ball, because right. that woman can pick some football and pick big games. The bigger the game, the better she is.
1: I'm sure there's never been a more proud papa then James Steele is right now of his daughter. All the brainwashing that James Steele has done Paying the entire off. eight years of Johanna yeah. Steele's life for the Kansas City Chiefs, it has actually finally paid off in, in in the result of a huge trophy that is now in your hands, James.
2: I think he's planning on drinking cold beer out of that trophy tomorrow on the way to some like heavy metal concert.
1: <laughs> he just went and grabbed it to make sure that we can see the trophy at all times.
2: There's uh, The concert got postponed because there's snow, so uh, maybe I'll just spend my evening um you know with the uh with the trophy
1: do people not know how to deal with snow in connecticut isn't snow like a typical thing that happens in connecticut
2: yeah You're you think that? That... They have to
1: cancel events because of snow aren't you aren't you people set up for snow up there
2: you would think so but uh it's pretty terrible yeah uh not great with uh, handling the roads whenever it snows. Amber, I hate uh. to tell you this, but even like, you know, I don't care if you're in Park City, Utah, right? I mean, there's a, there's a threshold, and things do get shut down. So uh, apparently uh, they have reached that threshold kind of like overtime for the San Francisco 49ers, and that's when they got beat.
1: Yeah, uh, I, that never made sense to me. I always felt like when I was growing up in Florida that I was getting gypped because I'd always hear about these snow days for all the kids up north that they get all these days off school. Obviously we didn't have anything like that unless like a hurricane came through, but that's, Once a year in snippets, doesn't even happen every year, whatever. It's not like snow days that are, you know, routinely happening up north. So as a kid, I always felt like I was getting gypped. As an adult, I don't feel like I'm getting gypped anymore. (laughs) That events are being canceled (laughs) because of snow. Amber and Ian is presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $750 on average. Call or click today and find out if we could save you hundreds on your car insurance. Ian Fitzsimmons, Amber Wilson hanging out with you tonight. The Kansas City Chiefs. Are Super Bowl champions once again, Ian? We are most certainly in the midst of living out a dynasty.
2: No doubt about it. And, and you know, to me, like w- this was talked about last week and leading up to the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, are they already a dynasty with two? And, and I completely, I, I, I said it then, and I'll stand by it. I don't care which team it is. If you get to three, you are. Meaning with the same core group of players. You know, the the '70s Pittsburgh Steelers dynasty. You know, the 60s Packers dynasty, the 90s Cowboys, you know, the 80s uh, San Francisco 49ers, that same core group of guys head coach, quarterback, running back, you know, whatever. That same core group. That's your dynasty. And when you win three <laughs> already, and, and your starting quarterback and your head coach have been together as, as starters, right, as a starting quarterback for six years, and he's got three rings and two MVPs. And the tight end's been there the whole time. Chris Jones has been there the majority of the time. I mean, that's when you have those stars. That you know, Creed Humphrey's been there for two of them. That is your core. These guys are a dynasty. It took the third one to to be able to stake that claim. They're not saying it, but now everybody else can. That we are truly in the middle of watching legendary greatness right before our eyes. And here's the kicker, here Amber. Remember, it wasn't that long ago where they lost back-to-back games, what was it, in early December? I think it was Green Bay and Buffalo. And, you know, you got Travis Kelsey throwing his helmet. You've got, you know, Patrick Mahomes screaming at refs and losing his cool in a post-game handshake with Josh Allen. We had wide receivers dropping passes left and right. They lose three out of four because I think they lost to Vegas a couple of weeks later. I think it was Vegas. Uh, On Christmas Day. Oh, there you go! Thank you very much uh, from our, you know, our resident Kansas City Chiefs expert, James yeah, Steele. Ruined
1: Christmas for James, so he remembers it well. <laughs> That's
2: right. <laughs> <laughs> the fat man did not come down the chimney that day, and he got coal in his stocking. And we're going this this Chiefs team ain't it? And next thing you know, they hit their stride. And this was not the best version of the dynasty Chiefs that we have seen, but they still found a way to be better than everybody else. It is remarkably impressive, and it is the stuff legends are made of.
1: They are definitely a dynasty at this point, because you're right, that core is still together. They can't stop winning. Andy Reid, he is now fourth on the all-time wins list of head coaches. He is the fifth head coach to win three Super Bowls in NFL history. Andy Reid said it's not them who determines, though, if they're a dynasty.
0: It's history. Um... How you write it is will be how you write it, and whether it's a dynasty, we we don't we don't determine if it's a dynasty. You guys do. So, um, but I would tell you that it's as fine a group as I've been around, and I've been around. I've been very fortunate. to have been around some great organizations and good teams, Um, and this this group here and organization are tremendous. And if somebody said dynasty and tagged it onto it I'd, i'd be very proud of that
1: he has been part of some very good organizations even before he was part of this iteration of the kansas city chiefs but they are in fact a dynasty we can all say it even if he won't travis kelsey the chief's tight end was also asked about how it feels to have the word dynasty thrown around
0: I don't care
2: what people call us. I know I'm back-to-back, and I won three in whatever years. Y'all can call us a Dynasty. You can call us whatever you guys want. I know what we got is something more special than really what you see in the NFL It's because the guys in this locker room and the head coach.
1: I really thought for a second, Ian – that Travis Kelsey might retire after the season because in the regular season, he did not look like the same player. And it makes sense. He's he's in his, you know, getting towards his mid thirties here. At some point, he's going to start slowing down at that position. And I thought he also, though, he's on the top of the top in terms of his star power. He could cash in on that right now in a way that he may never be able to again. And with the podcast going the way that it's gone, I mean, Travis Kelsey could go on to make tons of money in what we do or in any other venture, frankly, All the indoor- Endorsements he does.
2: I mean, he, yeah. he's, he's actually a he decent actor in those commercials. I don't know if yeah. he's the long form, but my gosh, I'm, you're, you're right.
1: He doesn't need football anymore, and so I wondered if he was going to hang it up after the season along with his brother, and it appears that his brother still probably is hanging it up. There were some reports out that he's shopping around to the networks out there that he was meeting with in Vegas, uh, doing some interviews there for potential TV jobs, but with Travis Kelsey made it pretty clear after the Super Bowl win that he is, in fact, coming back because he wants the three-peat, Ian, which nobody's ever done in NFL history.
2: Yeah, and you know what? I remember talking to Bruce Arians after he retired from uh, coaching after the Tampa Bay Bay Bucks tried to run it back and, and came close but couldn't. And, he, and he, he mentioned to us when he joined us here on ESPN Radio, if we would have won back-to-back, Tom and I, meaning Tom Brady, had already talked about it. We were going to go for a three-peat because of what you just said. It's historic. It's never been done. And uh, that's why I I believe Andy Reid's going to run it back. And Kelsey already made it quite clear on the podium last night uh, after giving a a heartfelt, uh, barbaric rendition of Viva Las Vegas, which I thought was absolutely priceless and outstanding. That, yeah, anybody who may have been considering or done, I'm I'm walking off into the sunset. And when you're talking about history, that has a remarkable magnetic draw, like a damn tractor beam, right? So – uh, it, and I, I thought Arians put it about as well as, as you possibly can when he told us. Because I would have come, we would have come back because it's hard, and it been, it's it would have been one of the hardest things to ever accomplish. That's why I believe Andy Reid's going to run it back, and that is why Kelsey is running it back.
1: Yeah, and I don't think that Kelsey makes that decision lightly without feeling like Andy Reid's coming back. And, you know, the whole team, they've got to stay together to try to do it one more time. Now, after that, whether it happens or it doesn't happen next year, I could see things changing a lot after that for the Kansas City Chiefs. But I'm just not sure that we're going to see it quite yet. We are certainly still in this dynasty run. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, how bad of a look is it that the 49ers didn't seem to understand the overtime rules? That's next here on ESPN Radio.
0: Mahomes gonna roll to his right, throws touchdown. The Chiefs have won the Super Bowl.
2: Our team's hurting, but that's how it goes when you put yourself out there. I'm real proud of our guys. I thought our guys played so hard today. Not everything was perfect, by no means, but if I'm gonna lose with a group of guys. Let's do it with those guys anytime. It starts with coach, man. That's that's who I hurt for, I
0: and mean, I hurt for all the other guys. Our whole team it hasn't been easy, and you know for it to go like that, where it's it's close at the end and it's tough. And I'm still trying to wrap my mind around it.
1: Well, only one of the two teams that we saw playing last night is, in fact, partying. The Kansas City Chiefs fought for their right to party, and boy, did they party last night after that Super Bowl win. Patrick Mahomes was on Sports Center a few yeah. minutes ago. That man looked like he partied last night, and there are a lot of videos coming out of him, in fact, doing that. Travis Kelsey doing that. Jason Kelsey partaking. I think Jason Kelsey, Ian, as spectacular as he is, to watch play football because obviously one of the best in his position of all time, I think he's going to be that much more fun to watch retired around football. (laughs) this version of Jason Kelsey who just shows up in the Chiefs overalls to root on his brother, I'm here for it.
2: That dude lives life. He's living his best life right now. I mean, Jason Kelsey is sucking the life out of the marrow that is, you know, just the game of fun. That's what that dude is doing. Uh, and he's going to be a great analyst one day because he, he, he won't give a bleep. He'll say whatever it goes in from brain to mouth and whatever he sees on tape. He won't care. Uh, I, I can't wait for him to go to the booth, whether it's with us, FOX, uh, CBS, wherever he ends up. Boo. Because he's going to be absolutely <laughs> sensational. The dude is an absolute trip.
1: Uh, only with us, Jason. Uh, if, in fact, the higher-ups want you, then only with us. Apparently, he was doing interviews out there in Las Vegas with some of the television networks. But he was parting. The San Francisco 49ers were not, in. The Super Bowl came down to overtime. It was the first overtime of the postseason. And that was significant because we hadn't yet seen the postseason overtime rules, the new ones, in action. Had we seen them at some point in the postseason, if, this, if something had gone into overtime before we got to an actual Super Bowl, maybe San Francisco would have thought differently about how it prepared its team for an overtime, or maybe even the decisions that it made going into overtime. But in fact... They decided, as you normally would in a traditional old school overtime or in the regular season overtime, that they wanted the football first. And it ended up coming back to bite them because, of course, that gave Patrick Mahomes four downs to go ahead and get down the field and score a touchdown, which they end up doing and the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. Let's start here with Kyle Shanahan, the 49ers head coach, on his decision to take the ball at the start of overtime.
2: This is something we talked about with none of us have a ton of experience of it, but we went through all the analytics and talked to those guys and we decided to be better. We wanted the ball third. But both teams matched and scored. We wanted to be the ones who had the chance to go win and got that field goal. So we knew we had to hold them to at least a field goal. And if we did, then we thought it was in our hands after that.
1: So I didn't think that was the craziest logic. And frankly, Ian, that was what I thought of in the immediacy because immediately the announcers When the coin flips happen and you're waiting for the decision, the announcers are talking about on the broadcast how you want to defer because you want to know what the other team's doing first in the situation with the new rules. And I was thinking, yeah, but if you defer, then you're not getting – then when we go to sudden death, you don't have the ball. So both teams score, then you just screwed yourself out of sudden death by giving them the ball. But the way that everybody has reacted today about them taking the ball first, it was like – Nobody even – like that line of action, that, that thought of thinking, that line of thinking that you just heard from the head coach is pure idiocy.
2: Yeah. Now, I'll be, I'll be brutally honest here. Um, a, lot of, a lot of people are ripping into Kyle Shanahan for – not over time, that's on him. 100%. And anybody else in authority in the San Francisco 49ers organization Uh, Because we'll hear from Kyle Juszczyk, who went to Harvard and has joined us here on this program several times. Dude is wicked smart and a seven-time Pro Bowler and a hell of a player. And you'll hear how they didn't know the overtime rules. And you'll hear from Chiefs players that were talking about how they were being coached up on the new overtime rules before they even got to the playoffs. I mean, that's that's the Chiefs getting it done and San Francisco not. But I saw people today also ripping into – Kyle Shanahan for play calling during regulation, and I'm going, are you kidding me? I mean, did did Kyle Shanahan fumble on the opening drive? No. Did Kyle Shanahan have a punt go off his heel on on a freakish play in the biggest game of the year? No. Did Kyle Shanahan hit an extra point off of his damn ankle? That gets blocked by Leo Chanel who had a hell of a game, by the way. No, he didn't. So I thought Shanahan during regulation actually called maybe his best game of his playoff career. Then you go to overtime, and the moment they decide to take the ball, where Bill Vinovich I thought did a pretty decent job of explaining overtime rules, the ref, but then he looks at when Fred Warner crossed tails, he looks at him and goes, you want the ball, right? And Warner was like, yeah. Almost like, wait, whoa, 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 hold on a minute. Yeah. Do you want the ball? Don't you want to see what they do first and then you get four downs if you need them. I mean that that's where in the moment I know oh, by the way my hand is up. I did not know that at the end of the first overtime, because I'm sitting there going, why are they taking their time like this? I had no earthly idea. It just rolls uh, over. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm like sitting there going.
1: Well, I don't, what's the point of the clock then? I, don't, uh, I still don't, to it's this the minute, end of the do first not understand. Quarter. It's like the what, first quarter and then go to the, the second What the hell is quarter. the point? Why I mean, are we keeping quarters or scores or clocks if, if it doesn't matter? It, if, if,
2: great, if just great question. Keeps uh, just rolling a, over. Just a play clock, right? Should it be the only part, I guess. So you got to flip, flip sides. Who knows, right? You get. I mean, flip directions. But why like isn't a uniform? Like
1: comfortable why it uniform? Why not funny? make it?
2: Why not make it uniform? Why not make it the same? So if you want these rules in the postseason because of what happened with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes a few years ago, why not have these rules in the regular season? That's well, I, what I also don't understand.
1: I think because the games would be too long. We just saw the longest Super Bowl in NFL history last night, and it's because clearly of the new postseason postseason overtime rule and I don't think they probably want that situation for every old regular season game but you're right that rule gets changed because of a game with the Kansas City Chiefs and with the Buffalo Bills where we all wanted in that situation the Bills to have an opportunity to touch the ball because it would be better from a product standpoint we all would have wanted to watch it other than James Steele who of course wouldn't have wanted to watch it but the rest of us who didn't have a stake in the game all wanted to see the best football we could see and so the NFL fixed it for the postseason at the highest stakes in the biggest moments and decided at that point if the game goes long it doesn't matter and I think they did a heck of a job with that I just still this idea that the 49ers completely botched this I I don't think it's as cut I feel like there's a lot of hindsight 2020 going on because had the Chiefs just gone down and kicked a field goal then the 49ers would have gotten the ball back and we would all said okay right call by Kyle Shanahan Right, I mean, And by the way, Patrick Mahomes did not have an easy time finding the end zone in that football game. No, he, didn't. he had a much easier time finding field goals in that football game than he did finding the end zone. And so it stood to reason that maybe Shanahan did believe in his defense enough, hey, we'll be able to hold them here to a field goal, and then we'll get the ball back in sudden death. Because if you don't call it like that, and then you go to sudden death and the Chiefs have the ball, everybody then also would have been saying Shanahan made the wrong.
2: No. Well, listen to the difference between the Niners and the Chiefs. Here's Kyle Yuschek, seven-time Pro Bowler and a Harvard education when he was asked about OT. You
1: know what? I didn't even realize that the, the playoff rules were different in overtime. So I, have, I assumed you just want the ball because you score a touchdown and win. But I guess that's not the case. Um, so I don't really – I don't totally know the strategy there.
0: something you guys have talked about? No. No, we haven't talked about it, no.
2: All right. Then you go to Chiefs Pro Bowl defensive tackle Chris Jones on overtime.
0: What's through your mind when they say they want this ball to start overtime? They're crazy. They're crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Because the overtime rules has changed where both teams get the ball no matter who scores. So, you know, uh, originally you want, to let, you want to let the other team get the ball, stop them holding the three so you know where you got Or if you stop them and they punt it, then all you have to do is kick three.
2: I mean, that, that sounds like Chiefs were coached up, San Fran wasn't on OT, and guess who came away with it with the Lombardi? The Kansas I do City think, Chiefs.
1: I do think the Chiefs players are hamming that up a bit, though, now, today. I mean, I'm reading reports that they're saying things like, oh, we were even practicing this in the preseason. We're, we're, you know, we're going through this in training camp. It's like, were you really, though? Were you going through the postseason OT rules back then, or does it make you guys look better? Now to say that it didn't seem like Mikkel Hardman knew the rules. It did not feel like Mikkel Hardman when he won that game. It did not feel like in that moment that he realized he won that game. Plenty more coming up here on ESPN radio. action fake right side throw touchdown
0: Kansas City McCall Hardman McCall Hardman with the catch on the right side a three-yard touchdown pass in overtime Kansas City wins the game 25-22 Patrick Mahomes certainly did enough tonight to put his name in the conversation now with Tom Brady he's the best player I've ever seen and that's no disrespect to Tom Brady Peyton Manning or any of the great ones
1: Sensing a theme here with the music, and the theme is just this song (laughs) every time we come in. I know Jane Steele, our resident (laughs) Chiefs fan, loves this. Feels like Travis Kelsey is here in the studio with us. We we played this before? That before this song, the rest of that, was courtesy of 106.5 The Wolf. It has to be so annoying for Tom Brady to continuously hear those sorts of calls where his name gets lumped into it and thrown into it. He's constantly being now surpassed by Patrick Mahomes in all of these calls. It's got to be annoying for Tom Brady. Herm Edwards, nothing's annoying for him. ESPN NFL analyst, kind enough to join us as always. Thanks, coach, for your time. I want to start with you with the overtime rules because there's been a lot been made here about the way that the 49ers end up handling overtime it was a new overtime rule for the postseason and we hadn't seen it yet because no other game in the postseason had gone to overtime and so of course today coach you get 49ers players coming out (laughs) saying we didn't know the overtime rules you get Chiefs players coming out and saying. We knew the overtime rules. We were going over them in training camp. I seem to be the only one that thinks that's a little far-fetched. I feel like they're like, hamming it up now. I'm like, really, y'all? We're talking about postseason overtime rules in training camp? But you're the coach. You tell me, when would you coach up your team? And how would you make sure that the players on your team know the new rule?
0: Well, anytime there's a rule change, uh, whether it's uh, a penalty or how they're viewing a penalty, first of all, you you, you always make sure that um, when that's involved, um, you show your players on tape um, that this is a new rule change. Um, in this, for, for this situation, obviously, playoff situations, um, you tell them this is what happens in overtime, and you kind of you discuss it. And then it gets, you know, you even talk about strategies, actually, that if we were in this situation, uh, according to how the game's being played, this is what we would do, right? So so the players are aware of, of the situation. Uh, now, when the game starts, then you've got to make a decision what you're going to do, obviously. And um, if you're Coach Shanahan, uh, they elected in this situation to take the ball and – Say you know what, we got to score. Now, with that being said, I think that what he was saying is this: is that we know Patrick Mahomes is going to score, but we want to score first. Well, yeah, score. You got to score. You got to score a touchdown. Can't kick field goal. And so, with that being said, you got to be in a four down mode. Now, if you elect not to take the ball and you want to defend, and let's say Patrick Mahomes and those guys went down there to score, you're going to be in a four down mode again. So, either way, <laughs> because it's Patrick Mahomes, if they get the ball first, you feel like he's going to score. If you get the ball first, you better score. You can't get killed field
2: goal. Man, and, Coach, on that note, I was going to go a different route, but I'm glad you brought that up. Third and four in overtime. I'm yeah. screaming. I damn near standing on my couch. Run the ball. Mm-hmm. It's four down territory. McCaffrey has gotten hot feed him and if you get two now you've got play action you might be able to run it again but it's four down territory how did you feel about them kicking there or even more importantly on third and four electing to give chris jones a free run and then kick kicking well, the field goal
0: yeah you, you can't kick it but see for me you're in four down mode as soon as you receive the ball amen yes sir you know what i'm saying yeah. i'm saying that and, and when you're the play caller you know that You're telling yourself, look, I got to keep these guys in third and threes, third and fours, because I'm going for it on fourth down every time, because I have to score a touchdown. I can't kick a field goal. I've seen this story before. You kick a field goal, and you give Superman the ball, guess what? He's going to beat you. We've seen the movie. It's just just a different team, but it's the same guy, (laughs) right? And so you you got to sit. Look, and it was funny because Kansas City said if we got the ball the second time and they scored, they were going for two. Yep.
1: Yeah, I feel like you're darned if you do, darned if you don't, frankly. Yeah. I feel like any way that Kyle Shanahan had called that thing, if they ended up losing, everybody would have been critical of the way that the Forty ers handled no. it. Herm Edwards, go ahead, Herm.
0: You know what? I, it's, so let me just say one more thing. I the a question, but what I was a little bit disappointed in. And the fact that, you know, when this was all said and done at the end, that the players, the players were saying, well, we didn't know. Well, whether you knew or not, what we do here, what we say here stays here. You know, Yeah, you don't talk to the media about that. You kidding me? It's a football team.
1: I mean I'm I'm here for it as a media member. <laughs> I like the yeah, transparency sure. for are. once. But but I, I agree with you from the football perspective. I was really surprised to hear them say it. It's also why I felt like the Chiefs players were hamming it up a little bit, like they were almost going overboard. They were pouring the fire. Yeah,
0: yeah we yeah. did oh we did yeah. this yeah, we did this four years ago. Right? Yeah, okay, exactly. right, guys, we've been stop. we've
1: been prepared for this before it existed. we have <laughs> the best coaches in the stop. world. Huh? yeah, Herm Edwards, stop. ESPN NFL analyst joining us here on Amber and Ian. How how much of an up Upgrade coach is Brock Purdy over Jimmy Garoppolo because right now the Super Bowl record is the same.
0: Well, I think he is an upgrade in this sense that you know, look, this is the first Super Bowl this young man's been in. I mean, as a starter, um, I, I thought he played he played good enough for them to win. I think what 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 hurt them yesterday was special teams was a was a big problem. Um, the botched punt, right? The miss kick, um, the you know the, the fumble in the end zone by McCaffrey, you know, not in the end zone, but toward the red zone, so all these things added up you know I, uh, you know they're playing one of the better defenses in football, and they didn't get enough recognition for that, you've got to give Andy a lot of credit. He went into this season knowing this i got a bunch of young receivers that are having trouble catching the ball i'm going to go back to old school football i'm not going to be the thirty point offense right now. I've got Patrick Mahomes. I've got a good defense, a defense that's only given up 17 points a game. I don't have to score 30 points right now. I can play good special teams. i got two good kickers. i got a punter and a kicker, and I've got a running game, and I've got a tight end. And I'm going to build these wide receivers up as the season goes, knowing if I keep the game close, i got the guy with the cape on, number 15, and he can win the game at the end. And that's how Andy played this season with, with his football team.
2: It was. And this wasn't the best version of the of this dynasty Kansas City Chiefs that we've seen. It may have been the worst, and they still hoisted the stinking Lombardi, which is absolutely <laughs> unbelievable. Coach, you mentioned that defense with Spags, and, and yeah. I, I, I don't think they're getting enough credit today, in no. uh, large no. part because of what fifteen has been able to do. But take us to the start of the second half, where Mahomes throws that pick yeah. in, in, in minus territory. I think it was on their own forty four, forty five yard line. And then that Kansas City defense comes out and gets you a three and out right away. No points given up. How pivotal was that moment, that possession in this game to to for Kansas well, City to win Lombardi?
0: It was big time. What they didn't do, they didn't play on their heels. What, what Spag did is he brought pressure. Yep, he brought pressure and said we're going to play cat coverage. <laughs> and cat coverage is cat coverage. Cat coverage is real simple. Cover your cat, and we're going and we're bringing five. <laughs> And we're going to see if you can block it. And it's kind of ironic because when they brought it, the guys were scot-free. They had a dead beeline at the quarterback. I mean, he didn't even have time to get – he got the ball, the guy's in his face. And so that's what they were able to do with, you know, got him out of rhythm. And, and, and that, that's the kind of game Spag uh, called. And I thought he did an excellent job all season. But in this game, it was really evident the second half.
1: I'm not sure coach if anybody's asked you this before, so I'm going to be mm-hmm. the first to do it because you do interviews all over the place. you're on SportsCenter. Center, you've been on every single show probably today. Has anybody asked you what coach herm Edwards thinks of the love story between Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift?
0: Well yeah look think think i i I think it's, it it it's good stuff i I really do um I think it's good. In this sense, um, with all the attention that both of them are receiving, um, you know, it, it hasn't affected who they are. I mean, they just—it it looks real to me. It doesn't look fake. It's not anything put on. You know, and just imagine that. I mean, the pressure you're under every time you go somewhere together. There's cameras in front of you. There's people. I mean, it, I mean, that's hard. That's really hard. You have no privacy. I mean, and so we've just all been kind of watching you know and it's, it's been interesting to watch i mean as big as kelsey thinks he is his girlfriend's a little bit bigger than him mm-hmm. <laughs> and look i've gone to two of her concerts with my daughters oh. so <laughs> i get it i get how, how 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 much of a celebrity she is Coach was Ron that
2: was the Swifties? first time
0: was that the first
2: time you've ever been asked about the kelsey swifty relationship
0: well, Look, I'm up there. The first time she did it was five years ago in San Francisco where the 49ers play. And I'm up there with John Lynch and the family. And me and Lynch are sitting in the back. And the girls and our wives are sitting up there watching her. I'm going, yeah, she's pretty good. And then then last, this year, she comes back. And all of a sudden, this stadium's packed. And I said, John, is that the same girl? He goes, yeah. And I said, oh, my God. It was like overnight. It was like, this is crazy. Yeah, I've seen it twice. Yeah, I've seen it
2: twice. Uh, that's, that's hilarious. Hey, as as we turn you loose, Herman, and we have enjoyed our Monday visits throughout the entire year, can't wait for next season, Coach. It, it's been a privilege as always. Bruce Arians mentioned to us uh, after he retired from coaching that if they'd have won three straight, he and Tom Brady had already talked, we're both coming back, we're going to run this back again because it's hard and it'd be historic. How much does that impact whether Andy Reid decides, you know what, I'm coming back because it's hard – and it's never been done. It's historic.
0: That's what motivates coaches, and it motivates Andy. Look, I don't want Andy to stop. Just keep going, Andy. It's it's fun to watch it. You know, we're watching history, and we can put Patrick Mahomes wherever you want to put him. I just say this. Just enjoy it. If you're a fan, it doesn't mean if you're a Kansas City fan or not. Just watch this team. You know, just watch what they've been able to do. You know, this quarterback and this head coach, and it's it's history. I'm a big guy. I believe in NFL history because I've been involved in this league my whole life. And when you see something like this, you see a heck of a coach, a great man, great father, great husband. You know, the players love him. And you see this quarterback that is just spectacular and has humility, and it's always about the team. These are the stories you like. I mean, this this is what makes the NFL so great.
1: It certainly is that, and this ended up being a spectacular Super Bowl as well. Herm Edwards, ESPN NFL analyst, coach. I don't know what we do now. We've got a lot of months with with another hey, amazing. I'm NFL.
0: always available on Mondays. Just just call me. I got okay. nothing else to do. I'm going to soccer games now. Like, okay. I got you. I'm good. You, you, guys, me both. you guys need a little shot in the arm on a Monday. Just give the old coach a call. He'll be available.
1: Okay. Well, we were going to take you up on that. Thanks for a great season, coach. All
0: right. Thank you. He's
2: the best. He's the Coming best. Coming up next
1: here on Amber and Ian. Did the Super Bowl do anything to quiet Brock Purdy's doubters? We're going to get into that next on ESPN Radio.
0: This is the big game within the big game. Can Brock Purdy handle the pressure that's coming at him from the Kansas City Chiefs? Can he handle the moment? He's a great football player. He makes a lot of flashy plays. He makes all the, the right plays. He's very even killed. He doesn't get too high too low, and that's what you, you want to do at the
2: quarterback position. He goes out there and competes, and he finds a way to win football games, and that's what you have to do in this league. A win here over Patrick Mahomes, of all people, is going to dramatically change the way people look at him.
1: Well, he did not get the win over Patrick Mahomes. Brock Purdy, though, he still showed up, and he still showed out. Did he, in fact, though, quiet the haters? Amber and Ian presented to you by Progressive Insurance. We took a swerve on the music. This is the first time that we have deviated from You've Got a Right to Fight to Party.
2: It's still Super Bowl-themed, obviously.
1: Viva! Heck of a Super Bowl. By the way, it seems like you
2: guys, you guys notice how happy I am. uh,
1: Well, you would be Chiefs fan. Uh, Frankly, you should have been happy whether you won or lost this because either way,
2: your team's been been, doing
1: pretty damn well. I
2: would not have been happy if they would have lost yesterday. Uh,
1: They're overly emotional, Uh, but
2: pretty. I was it was pretty (laughs) miserable. Four and a half hours. Let me tell you.
1: Well, it was a miserable for the rest of the country. It was a miserable first half because that game was a barn burner not of a me. first half. I know Ian loved it because Ian loves old school, like Smashback. Nobody score, old defense. No, no not,
2: that, that's not it at all. It was just a great chess match between both co- all, all four coordinators, uh, both head coaches, and it was just a hard hitting, not the ever loving snot out of you, well played football game. Just because it won fifty to forty eight at the half. Doesn't mean it wasn't a well-played football game. I mean, Dre Greenlaw, I, one, I feel so badly for that guy. Because, and I know we're going to get to Brock Purdy in a second. But, man, to get caught by the turf monster and tear your Achilles yeah. in the Super Bowl. When they when they showed that coming back from break, I thought he stepped on the field and was 12 men on the field. I thought it was going to be a penalty. And, it. I mean, it was so much worse. Mm-hmm. I mean, but that dude... He could have tackled Godzilla last night, I mean he was so wound up. He and Fred Warner and Fred Warner ended up with thirteen and a half tackles his, his His prop bet was eight and a half. that was easy money. You know fifty four was going to show up, but going back to your point about just Brock Purdy, um, you know I, I thought he was I thought he played a very good game last night against a defense that had suffocated everybody they 've played all year and i don 't know why he has to try and shut anybody up i 've said this a million times, and i 'll continue to say it. If he's selected one pick prior to being dead last in the draft or he's an undrafted free agent, we look at him completely differently. If if he's selected in the first round and finishes in the top five in the regular season in passing, which he did uh, for total yards, completes 70% of his passes, there was only two guys that threw more touchdown passes than he did all year, we're looking at him like, oh, my gosh, this dude is all world. He's right there with everybody, all the other greats in the NFL. But because he was selected dead last, he has this moniker of, well, he shouldn't be able to do this. If he's picked 265 or an undrafted free agent, he's Kurt Warner. He's not some bus driver.
1: I agree to an extent. I do think the narrative throughout the regular season and throughout the better part of the postseason that you're right, that he played well and we would have just let, if he hadn't been Mr. Irrelevant, we would have just let great play speak for itself for the better part of the NFL season. But I don't agree with you when it comes to the Super Bowl because... Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't Mr. Irrelevant and the reputation he got with the 49ers was system quarterback and maybe not quite good enough to get them over that hump. That's just going to be attributed to whoever is the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers in, until, and in fact, they get over that hump one day, right? And maybe the only thing preventing them from doing that is that they're just trying to do it in the Patrick Mahomes era. And so it might be entirely unfair to Brock Purdy, but he is going to be judged somewhat by those standards. At the end of the day, he hasn't yet gotten them over that hump. So there's going to be a question mark about whether he can. He was 23 of 38, 255 yards passing, a touchdown, no interceptions last night. I thought he was fine. I thought he played well. Ian, I definitely don't think their loss is his fault by any means. I also don't think he won the game. And so because of that, I don't think he's changing anybody's mind about him. If you decided that he was a game manager and that he's not necessarily a huge upgrade from Jimmy, then you probably still feel that way today. If you think he's all world and if, like Dan Orlovsky or the ultimate quarterback defender, then you still think Brock Purdy's great today. I, I don't think that that Super Bowl last night, frankly, did much to change the narrative either way.
2: Yeah, it didn't change my opinion. At all, I already think he's an outstanding quarterback, and I thought he had a very good game last night. But let, let me ask you this: Are you a believer in QBR quarterback rating? The analytics that go behind it?
1: Yeah, I am. Yeah.
2: Okay. Tua uh, in the playoffs this year,
1: right?
2: His QBR against this Kansas City Chiefs defense,
1: sixty-three
2: point nine. Brock Purdy, eighty-nine point one. But that was those were frigid conditions, so let's just go ahead and put that one aside. Josh Allen, QBR against his Kansas City Chiefs defense, 86.1. Brock Purdy, 89.1. Brock Purdy, better than Josh Allen. Lamar Jackson against his Kansas City Chiefs defense. MVP, Lamar Jackson.
1: Well, he was, yeah, he was rough.
2: 75.5 QBR that's, that's against his Kansas City Lamar's Chiefs defense. Be, be Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy, if you believe in QBR, and I don't know what the hell goes into it because, man, I I can barely add two plus two. took me six and a half years to get out of undergrad. So whoever came up with this analytic, man, God bless you, because I I can't figure it out. I just watched the stinking game. Yeah. But, Brock, if you believe in QBR, as you do, Brock Purdy against this Chiefs defense was better than Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, and Tua.
1: Yeah. I, 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 I mean, I have a doctorate degree. I couldn't tell you what, what goes into QBR. But it <laughs> does seem to be a statistic that, in my opinion, it, it does seem to reflect what's happening before our eyes. What I would say to that is Brock Birdie had a better team than those other quarterbacks that you just mentioned, arguably.
2: But and Baltimore was it, the number one seed.
1: Baltimore. Well, at made, home. They played it at the home. This is neutral field. The 49ers are loaded all over the place with talent. Agreed. The 49ers were favored. The 49ers had the much better team, you could argue, so was Baltimore. than the Kansas City Chiefs.
2: Baltimore was favored by more than what San Francisco was.
1: Well, I'm not defending what Lamar Jackson did in that game by any means, but. To say that because Brock Purdy outplayed Lamar against that team, like I don't know if Lamar in his postseason is the barometer there. Frankly, because uh, Lamar Jackson is, has Purdy a reputation better
2: than a bus driver. That's in all I'm the postseason
1: saying. coming up next here. Was this the best run to a Super Bowl of all time? That's next on ESPN Radio.